We have found in paragraph 483 the subjective element of freedom. That is to say that freedom arises from the particular needs and is directed towards external objects and in that sense it turns out to be somewhat arbitrary. But freedom must have an objectivity and Hegel expresses that in paragraph 484. But the purposive action of this will is to realize its concept. The purposive action is the Zwecktätigkeit in German. Liberty or freedom in these externally objective aspects, making the latter a world molded by the former, which in it is thus at home with itself, locked together with it, the concept accordingly perfected to the idea. Liberty, shaped into the actuality of a world, receives the form of necessity, the deeper substantial nexus of which is the system or organization of the principles of liberty, whilst its phenomenal nexus is power or authority, and the sentiment of obedience awakened in consciousness. Well, if you look at the whole, uh, it's about the realization uh, of freedom into a world in which it can be at home, and Hegel has some technical terms for that, the concept, the begrif, perfected to the idea, that just means that the uh, concept is um, unified with and ident identical to its own reality. Um, we have the expression, the actuality of a world, um, that is to say there is a, a connection of institutions and objective realities for human self-consciousness that can be seen as the realization of his own freedom. Let's look into this text with a little bit more detail. Um, let me just remind you that Hegel, of course, is here moving beyond um, this notion of uh, liberalism, that um, freedom is uh, a kind of negativity that allows us to separate ourselves from every situation that we're in. So it's the capacity to say no fundamentally. But this negative aspect of freedom cannot be the full uh, definition of freedom. Freedom is not just a lack of constraint in making and rejection, re rejecting options. So this is not what freedom is confronted with, with the option to go this way or that way. So let's look at the first uh, element. So I'm going to make something like a flow of the argument, a flow of the argument. Let's take a look at how the argument within this paragraph is constructed. So the purposive action of this will is to realize its concept, liberty, and these externally objective aspects. Um, freedom must will itself, Hegel says. Freedom is not just about choosing, having options. That means that we must also will or choose the social conditions that make our self-awareness and thus our freedom possible. So paradoxically, true freedom involves willing our determination, uh, choosing or affirming that. 
And that is what happens when freedom is realized. When freedom becomes real, it also becomes objective. It has objective elements. And we can see that from um, the fact that we live in a world in which we are at home. Uh, we are at home within the world. We are uh, not experiencing uh, just being restrained. We experience uh, growth and even happiness. Uh, so um, we live in a world where our freedom can be truly uh, self-relating. According to Hegel, that is only possible when we identify with, uh, with society. Um, we have uh, this uh, purpose to be at home with ourselves, to be at rest. And that means that the concept of freedom must be perfected to the idea. That means that freedom must be fully and totally realized, must be a reality, uh, must be objective and not merely the subjective um, inner feeling of freedom. Freedom then is no longer arbitrariness, but liberty, and that is the dialectical counterpoint, liberty shaped into the actuality of a world receives the form of necessity. And that is the seeming paradox here, that when freedom is realized, it loses its arbitrariness, so it becomes something that has the aspect of necessity, of constraint. And actually Hegel is arguing that we need to um, accept and recognize this necessity uh, because that is the necessity that makes our freedom possible in the first place. Liberty shaped into the actuality of a world receives the form of necessity, so it receives the form of commandments and restraints of freedom um, that to my arbitrary will are just that, are just restraints. Um, I'm forced to um, choose between obedience and negating the uh, commandment and um, uh, acting uh, contrary to it. So, C1, objective organization of freedom, the deeper substantial nexus, nexus of which is the system or organization of the principles of liberty, that is what we have in a modern society that allows human beings to develop um, a full self-consciousness and self-awareness, um, that allows human beings to act uh, with freedom, but that is only possible when there is some kind of organization of the, the diverse elements of freedom and the relationship of diverse freedoms. So, the realization of the concept of liberty uh, takes on these externally objective elements. Uh, historically, starting with things like the Magna Carta, uh, then of course very important uh, for the United States, the Constitution and everything that it entails, and then the system of law, civil law, and the penal code, etc., etc., and also um, the enforcement of that uh, law, uh, as in the Department of Justice and uh, the sheriff's office and all that kind of thing. But the goal remains to have this liberty and justice for all uh, realized within society. Now, all of these are restraints. The Constitution restraints. The Penal Code punishes and restraints. Civil law provides um, 
a lot of rules that uh, govern uh, economic life. Uh, so what do we have to say that freedom is not realized or that these institutions, every one of these rules uh, and every one of these powers within society can be called an institution, um, must we say that these institutions merely restrict our liberty or must we say that they make this uh, liberty possible? That is Hegel's challenge. Now, he says it only appears as constraint. Um, it has an objective uh, reality in these institutions, um, but he recognizes that its phenomenal nexus is power or authority. And the law is above me. No one is above the law. The law will force me into submission. Um, so there is, on this side of um, the concept of freedom, also the sentiment of obedience awakened in consciousness. I have to obey uh, the law. So there's the paradox. We aim to be like the cat resting in our world, to be at home in that world. Um, we have freedom in which we can express our self-consciousness, um, and yet we have these restraints from the outside. Um, of course, Hegel says it's merely the apparition of constraints. It's not truly constrained, because when we affirm um, these constraints, it turns out to be that what seems to be constraining us is actually providing the uh, basis on which we build our freedom. Uh, let's say when we look at traffic, um, of course there are many rules that um, will not allow me to move my car where, wherever I want it to be. Uh, I have to take into account, into account the size of the road, I cannot drive on the bicycle path, um, I have to look for the uh, diverse uh, traffic signs that I need to obey. Nevertheless, by uh, having people obeying all of these rules, you can safely travel. You have a system in which my freedom of driving a car is reconciled with someone else's freedom of driving a car, yeah? in, in the sense that we will be able to continue driving because we will uh, evade um, uh, collisions. So that is the main um, idea here in paragraph 484. We have to identify ourselves with the, the objective expression of our freedom, that is the, uh, uh, the social rules and laws and, and institutions that we have, uh, because they make us who we are. And that which makes possible the options we freely choose from in life is something I need to affirm. And in affirming the society with all of its constraints, I actually become free. Notwithstanding the sentiment of obedience that is awakened in consciousness and that appears to be um, the feeling of being restrained and uh, forced by some external power, Nevertheless, that external power is basically that which makes my freedom possible.